नमस्ते फ्रेंड्स वी आर हियर टुडे टू टेक अप अ सब्जेक्ट विच ऑल ऑफ अस हैव एक्सपीरियंस समाइम ऑफ द अदर एंड वी कॉल इट विद डिफरेंट नेम्स सच एस फियर एंगजाइटी एप्रीहेंशन एंड मैनी अदर्स सो इफ यू रियली लुक एट ऑल दीज नेम्स एंड गो टू द रूट ऑफ इट all fear apprehension anxiety stems from one single factor and that is the sense of uncertainty and the unpredictability of life in fact we can almost say that the only thing predictable is the unpredictability of life so why don't we experience it more often simply because we let life flow with a kind of intuitive faith that things will be fine we make our plans we lead a life which is a routine life where more or less everything is fixed and when something unusual happens something which overwhelms us uh, something as trivial as you know appearing for a um, test for your driving license and uh, to something much greater like appearing for an exam or an interview then the sense of apprehension and anxiety takes over because these are not things which we are routinely doing so whenever there is something which is other than our routine and uh, where there is a degree of uh, uncertainty the prospect of failure then the sense of anxiety and fear tends to overwhelm us so uh, where does it really come from other than the sense of uncertainty and unpredictability the other factor is that we as human beings almost innately want to control the future see animals they live in the moment they feel hungry they rush the whole system works in a certain way to catch a prey or if they are being preyed upon the system works to escape from the danger the moment over they are back to their normal selves so these are the two reactions which we as human beings go through and they are called fight or flight and there is a third one which is called as a freeze reaction where we don't know what to do whether we should fight or we should take a flight and we are frozen unable to choose and it is a mix of these three reactions that usually is the cause of anxiety how do we handle anxiety before we handle anything a basic principle of life is spend some time in understanding the problem as it is said understanding the problem is half the solution i remember an anecdote when someone asked uh, an indian someone from the western audience that you people spend a lot of time in navel gazing navel gazing used to be one of the forms of meditation of course we don't gaze at the navel during meditation but that's how it was understood instead of tackling the problem which is right there and the indian replied very rightly and very beautifully we spend time looking within ourselves that's how i would put it so that we can understand the problem rightly and place it in the right perspective so looking at the problem in the right perspective is the first step because if we do not understand the problem then we are 
not only not likely to solve it, we are likely to complicate it. It's like somebody who is who in the rush of the moment or the heat of the moment does things and later on regrets because the arrow has been shot and the repercussions follow. So how do we start looking at the problem in the right way? If we look at ourselves, we'll see that there are two distinct parts in us. One is the surface in which we react, respond, we rush, we want to immediately act. It's more of a reaction rather than action. And the second, which we are not much used to, and that is something little deeper in us. And if we learn to practice going a little deep within, not too deep, but just stepping back, meaning thereby don't rush to act in an impulse, unless of course, it's a life-threatening situation. So, just step back and look at the problem. Maybe a neighbor has been angry. Maybe your boss has been very unkind. Maybe someone has told things about you. You have heard bitter criticism. Maybe you have to appear for an interview. Maybe you have to go for an exams. Don't jump to conclusions. Don't rush to react. Just wait. Give yourself time. Reflect and look at the problem in the right perspective. Right perspective means the frame through which we look at the problem and the real importance and value that we give to the situation. So how do we evaluate a situation? Most of us are basically carrying stock ideas from people, from the society, from peers, from various places, of course parents, teachers, that this thing means that. And we carry these values. Let's say, for example, we, as when we were growing up, I think now uh, all of you are much more wiser. But when we were going, growing up, we were given great importance to career and money. And while career and money are important, if we step back and see what is the real, real, real value of money. The real value of money is it can get you certain external things, some comforts, yes. But there are a lot of things which are much more important which money can't buy. So when we look at things like that and see even about career, why is a certain career so important to us? Is it an expression of who we are, an expression of ourselves? Or is it simply because we are following a social norm or a peer pressure? So various ways, look at the problem, stepping back. Let's take another example in a relationship. Since you have been in a long-term relationship with someone or even a short-term and the person gets angry and you react back, the person gets angry again and this kind of vicious cycle continues, a pattern develops. Now what went wrong? Supposing one of us stepped back and looked at it and then we saw what is the value of this relationship. Maybe we would not have reacted the way we did. Because we know that by these reactions, by these actions, we may destroy something which is for us a source of happiness and joy, the joy of togetherness, the joy of companionship, the joy of sharing. So when we look at the problem in this perspective, look at it correctly, it's true value, then many of our habitual 
reactions, what we call as spontaneous reactions, will automatically stop. For what are these spontaneous reactions? They are not our authentic self. Very often we say, I just want to be authentic. So if I am angry, I express my anger. No, this is not my authentic self. The authentic self is deep within. So this is just a momentary reaction. I can't be a beast of anger. Anger comes, maybe for a moment it takes hold of me. Maybe I speak in anger, but I can't define myself with anger. So friends, authentic self is not those momentary outbursts, but what we really are and the way we define ourselves. So first thing about a problem is, let us be clear how I define myself. A being of calm, peace and wisdom, a being of strength or a being of violence, hate, anger and all the rest. So, we have seen that looking at ourselves, understanding ourselves, defining ourselves, if I may say so, is half the problem solved. And we will say, how does it change the situations? It may or may not change the situation, but it does change me. It, it at least keeps me on track, the goal towards which I am moving, because through all these changing situations and circumstances, we must never lose track of the goal towards which I must move. So if my goal is that I want to be a being of peace and wisdom, then if I am getting all the time angry, all the time I feel fear, every time I face a situation and a circumstance, I want to rush and act, then it's quite likely that while I may change things superficially for a moment, Maybe I lose the greater goal. So the greater picture is within us and it consists in the goal we have placed before ourselves. But will it change the situation? Well, very often it will. Well, if we are calm, if we don't rush and jump and act, if we don't add, as they say, fuel to the fire, it's quite likely that the situation which was getting heated up and tense will calm down. One of the first things that uh, as a doctor I used to teach my students uh, in various, uh, you know, when people go through accidents, snake bites, poisoning, the first state, the first state is to tell the person to be calm. Because if you are calm, you release very healthy, helpful hormones in your system. And if you are calm, then you radiate vibrations of peace all around you. And this peace has a wonderful effect on the atmosphere. As it has been said that the tiger does not attack the yogin. I know of a number of stories that when people were in a state of deep meditation, even the beasts and animals who are otherwise very dangerous begin to lose their danger. Why? Because they are no more afraid of you. A lot of responses from people come because they are afraid of us, because they live in perpetual fear. And the more we threaten them, the more they feel afraid, the more they react, the more they get angry, the more violence spread. So if you really want to stem the violence, first practice 
inner calm and peace this peace helps us not only to give the right responses but to place the right value on circumstances every day we must practice stepping back stepping back what does it mean it means ordinarily we are caught in the whirl of situations and how are we caught in it we are driven by the senses everything that we see we feel the need to react everything that we hear we feel there is a need to share our own views and opinions about it everything that we touch and smell we spontaneously feel that we must make a face a taste we must give our own views but instead if we just draw our consciousness a little behind this play of the senses which draws out and practice stepping back and see what are the things which are of real lasting importance in life and we may list them and they would be very very few this is a little exercise we all can do and an exercise is list 10 most important things in your life which you really want to achieve okay so we list 10 things now supposing we say that let's sort out out of this list of 10 things three things three things okay simpler then imagine that we have just one more day what are the three things we would like to list and finally if i had one more moment or just an hour to live what is it that i would consider as the most important thing in my life find that hold on to that that is what we really need all the rest comes and goes passes away there's a nice little story about a king who was given a mantra by his guru and he had told this mantra is not to be read you open this mantra whenever you are facing a problem so he forgot about it he kept the mantra in his pocket and then it so happened that one day he was chased by the enemy and he was cornered from all side and that's the time he felt he should open this mantra and the mantra was very simple four words in english this too shall pass away four words or five words and he laughed because in life when we look at life most of the things pass away there are very few things of real importance and those are things of perennial importance and therefore one thing we all must do is to prioritize prioritize the problem lot of people have problems everybody has some problem or the other but pick up those problems which are of real importance and try to work them out let's take a problem as an example so there is a problem of let us say money and people always want more and more money is that the problem well most of us will say that's the problem 
But the problem is that if we have more money, we want a little more. If we have a little more, we want much more. And if we have much more, we want much, much more. So the problem is not just of money. The problem of is of adjusting our needs to our greeds. And if I can temper my needs, moderate them, if I look carefully, what are the things that are really indispensable in my life, then possibly I won't be driven by money. This not to say money is not needed, money is needed, but how much? We'll know that for sure. And a life will not be driven by money anymore. And we can take another problem. Let's say we are going for a career interview. Then we can look at it that what is the value and worth of this career in my life? And then we can see that is it again money, is it out of success or is it an expression of myself? And if we look at a career as not just a job, opportunity but as a means of expressing myself, then we will be able to find alternate routes. One last example of alternate routes is, let's say that I want to do medicine uh, is it because I want a lot of prestige or I want to do, earn a lot of money? Well, whatever it be, I appear for an exams and if I don't get qualified, those who want medicine for the sake of medicine, they get crestfallen. But supposing I look within and see that, well, perhaps I want to be a healer because I want to help the community. And then we will see that there are many avenues open. There are people who heal with medicines the people who heal with their words, there are people who heal with their silence like the mystics, there are people who heal by the writings. So then we will see that a wide avenue of healing prospects open, sometimes a kind word, a little gesture does much more to heal and it's deeply satisfying. This not to say we should not go for medicine. Well, if we are moved, inclined, by all means. But if we do not get medicine, yet the healing process and the healing ways of healing, we can even discover new ways of healing, that can continue. So what about the temporary things? Immediately, all this is long term. What about Immediate measures, when we are faced with an anxiety, when we are faced with a problem, when we are faced with a situation. We all know about taking deep breaths, about counting a little more. But a very simple way, instead of doing those things, something which is ingrained in the Indian thought is simply to take help of the power of word. Instead of counting 1 to 20, which is simply to stave off time. Instead of just doing deep breathing, which does mechanically to an extent regulate by triggering calming responses through the nerves, we can simply chant a mantra. What does the mantra do? Mantra helps us in three ways. One, mantras are rhythmic. They carry within them an inbuilt music. So just like music has a calming effect, music tends to put our system back on rhythm. Heartbeat is racing, breath is becoming faster, our whole system is turbulence. 
then a mantra tends to bring calm why because simply it once again brings back the music the song we are losing second mantra if we have practiced a mantra becomes a personal connect with the sense of the divine so each of us must discover our mantra and this is not a mantra which uh, somebody else gives us there are certain phrases maybe simply lord ma ram christ anything any name krishna any form or simply om shanti 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 shorter the better because we can quickly remember it so make the mantra as our personal connect with the divine presence in this creation and if it springs from within wonderful or if not we can pick up one of those which have been already charged by the masters by the great luminous ones who have gone before us so this about mantra which connects us to the divine and the third thing is that the mantra gives us faith the one most important ingredient which is shaken up during fear or anxiety bring back the faith and what can be more useful than invoking the divine presence through the mantra and knowing that the divine is with us so live with this sense of the divine presence it is true that to see god to hear his voice is given to very very few and it requires a great tapasya but we can always live with the sense of the divine presence within us around us and to come in contact with the divine presence which fills us with instant faith and sense of health that he is there with us that we are not alone that someone is there and it's not just someone but that which governs this world rules over everything the vaster our faith the better it is we should not shut our faith in god in a limited religious belief system the wider we make our faith the higher we climb the better it is so when we take a mantra inside we don't have to do anything outside but inside we know that the divine is with us a friend of good and bad days a friend of all times a friend whom we can always call even at midnight a 3 am friend as it is called or rather i would say all am and pm friend so find your own code word your own dialing number to connect with this friend who is all the time present and the mantra does precisely that spend some time every day in meditation and in this meditation call peace because if we make peace a habit a way of life we need not even sit in meditation by meditation i mean focusing the mind on a subject we can we may be walking we may even be driving we may be doing any activity cooking washing utensils sitting at the desk call peace peace
peace, peace. Inwardly, in whatever language, Shanti, Shanti, Shanti. And if you make it a habit, then we'll see that in the time of danger, when problem strikes us, when situations come, then we'll be so easily able to connect with peace. Just a little gesture, just a little inner word, peace, and we'll find ourselves in peace. Another kind of meditation which helps is, it's more like an imagery, to imagine something very vast, the universe, the solar system, the galaxy, the ocean, or simply the endlessness of time and the boundlessness of space. Then look at this moment which feels so threatening. It will seem almost unreal and illusory and vanish before this vastness. Live in this vastness. Cultivate this vastness every day. The vaster we become, the lesser anxious we are. Just a little example. When you throw a stone in a little pot of water, it makes a lot of noise. When you throw it in a pond, well, you will hear a blob and ripples. When you throw in in a river, a little spot you will see and then the river will wash it away. But if you throw it in a sea, and not just a stone, a boulder, even a nuclear explosion, just a little tremor, and all is quiet again. Be like the sea, and be like the sky. Practice imaging this every day. And see how it changes your life. And with this change, we see a new perspective emerge on all the problems. And we'll grow and evolve through the problem. And with this vastness and peace, we'll see that the world begins to change around us. People who used to be bitter and angry and caustic, they will change. Situations and circumstances which were often like a mirror to show us our own hidden weaknesses, maybe our fears, they'll vanish because they have done their job. They've given us the lesson and we have learnt it. So friends, grow in peace, grow in vastness, grow in the sense of the Divine Presence through faith, through cultivating peace, and above all, never forget to take the help of the mantra, your personal code dialing system, your hotline with the divine. Thank you. Namaste.